with no Oiscano. It's hard to believe it's that time of week again already. That's right, you're listening to Gyno. Gyno is a Seneca word for music or song. I'm your host, Brett Maybe. I'm coming to you from the Allegheny Territory of the Seneca Nation. Each week, we take a listen to some amazing music from different indigenous artists from all across Turtle Island. So, without further ado, consider yourself invited to enjoy the music and the chat. Brock Stonefish, he's a Lenape, Oneida, Ojibwe artist from Southern Ontario, specifically the Moravian Delaware Nation. He's going to be joining me today on Gyno. He's been touring North America for the last 20 years. Uh, he's opened for the likes of B.B. King and shared the bill with Kiss and Skinner, Bare Naked Ladies, just to name a few. He regularly tours with Gary Farmer. In fact, Gary produced Brock's debut solo album called Turtle Island, and now is the title track. Turn it up and sing along. You're listening to Gyno. I don't know my hometown, do you know? I don't know the land I stand can go. Well, I know, yes, I know, you don't know. Whistle style 
It's a new offering from Brock Stonefish's Turtle Island. In fact, it's the title track kicking off our listening on today's edition of Gynone. If you're just joining us, welcome to the chat. I'm excited to welcome this incredibly talented uh, artist, uh, singer-songwriter, guitar luthier, you name it. There's not a whole lot that Brock Stonefish can do. So without further ado, we're just going to hop right into it. We have a lot to talk about today. Nyawaiskano, Brock. How are you doing today? Ani, bonjour. Konganao. I'm doing good today. I'm up in uh, South Ontario, Canada. Pretty sunny last couple of days. Birds been chirping about and uh, getting stuff ready for the the summer and getting all my bookings in and uh, and yeah, doing getting stuff together like this, uh, interviews and uh, getting to meet some cool radio show hosts. Hey. hey. I certainly uh, appreciate the kind words and it's been fun getting caught up with you even uh, as we were getting ready for the interview right I mean uh, I I certainly love a person who takes a passion in whatever they put their hand to and then something that's going to become really apparent to listeners today they have a lot to really dive into and check out and I would even say kind of get lost in Uh, you know so uh, let's start back at the beginning though um, and if you would be so kind, uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, living here on the Moravian Delaware Nation at Moravian Town. And uh, we fought the Battle of the Thames uh, right here on the reserve. we got about 3,800 acres uh, living on the Thames River. And, uh, and we're, we're, this is the oldest road in Canada, River Line, I live on. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, my uh, my great grandparents, uh, Stonefish, are living on the Stonefish land here, and uh, my father's grandmother uh, was Oneida. Her name was uh, Phoebe Nicholas, and uh, his uh, his other grandmother was uh, Annie Fisher from uh, Chippewa. So they're just two reserves about forty minutes down the river, mm. down the Thames River. And they're across the river from each other, and they, of course, they married. And uh, Phoebe Nicholas from Oneida married my my dad's uh, grandfather Archie Peters, and then uh, Annie Fisher come down and married my grandfather Walker Stonefish, uh, great grandfather. So, and then of course my uh, my mom, uh, my mom's mom was from uh, Moraviantown. And she was Delaware, and then my mom's father is uh, is from uh, Sugar Island, uh, Michigan, and uh, that's over by Sault Ste. Marie. And it, it's a it's an island there, and uh, he grew up there. I think he was born in like 1912 or something like that. But uh, but anyway, because of that, we go by our clan system as. You know, we follow a Ojibwe clan system and and the Delaware clan system, so Chippewa clan system. So we, I'm dual clan, so, mm. so I'm, I'm turtle and bear clan. So you have a lot of responsibilities that you have to see to. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. In your upbringing, were you just surrounded by a lot of music? Uh yeah. You know, sports. You know, I grew up, you know, I, I grew up, I wanted to be a motocross, 
or in the NHL or both. <laughs> and uh, and I, I uh, was always riding around on my dirt bike and uh, motocross. And my dad was always really strict baseball. So baseball was like a religion. So it wasn't even like it was a dream or anything. It was just something you did, like breathing, eh? Yeah. Baseball. And it was just something you did, and and we were always going to baseball tournaments and uh, listening to music, of course, in the car. Eric Clapton, Muddy Waters, Jay Giles Band, from uh, so a lot of stuff like that. Steppenwolf, and uh, a lot of the stuff my dad listened to, Elvis, and and uh, a lot of those baseball songs like Fogarty and CCR and that type of stuff, eh? Oh, Centerfield, you can't go wrong there. I mean, that's... You know. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at what point did you decide you wanted to be a musician? Let's see, I was probably... Uh, well, the NHL wasn't going to work out because my mom and I, we had moved up to uh, Peterborough, and uh, we left the reserve and uh, moved into the city, and, and, uh, and, I, and I left... Uh, my chances of, of being a motocross star or, or a hockey star, but I, I was going in the direction of, of being in the NHL. I, I thought I was that good, and my brothers, they, they still talk about it. And, uh, and we we moved to the city, and I, I became suicidal because of it. Hmm. And, uh, and I you know, I didn't know how to live in a city where there was no Native people. Yeah. And uh, all the kids I went to school with, there was no natives. And they were a lot of the rich kids that were from families that were had a lot of money in Toronto, you know. And it was about an hour north of Toronto where I was living. And, but uh, fortunately, a lot of the kids also played music. So they played guitar, and I discovered guitar. A lot of the kids I became friends with, and... Uh, we started a drum group up there, and some of the the kids of my age in the drum group, uh, like my brother's friends' kids and that, and and they got me into guitar, and uh, I start start playing guitar. And there was another guy my brother went to Trent University with in, in uh, Peterborough. Uh, his name was Cole, so he we kind of adopted him as our brother, hmm. and he didn't really know his parents and that, and. Uh, so we kind of took him under our wing, and, and uh, he gave me my first guitar. I traded him a Detroit uh, Viper, no, a Detroit Red Wings jacket, and uh, for this guitar. And uh, sounds like a good trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was my first guitar, and, and it kept me from, uh, you know, of course, attempting suicide and all that. And I just had a, a new, new life to me, eh? and everybody was was worried about me. I got real depressed. I was about thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. 12, 13, and uh, my parents split up, and all my friends that I knew all my life, you know, I had to leave them behind. And, yeah. and uh, so, so I took on music, and I and I ended up going into uh, uh, the schools in that city. I was like grade seven, eight, or something like that, and uh, and I started learning how to play saxophone. 
It, it really sounds like music saved your life, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, and I've said that quite often myself as well. You know, it's not an exaggeration to say that music can save lives, and I hope uh, that's one of the big takeaways from our conversation today. Uh, yeah. You've put together an excellent album. We're going to talk about working with Gary Farmer, uh, Delbert Anderson, and, you know, we have so much more that we got to get into. Uh, let's get back into the tunes, and we'll come back and talk about the EP. Uh, so without further ado, uh, before our listening today is up, have some Beatrice Deer coming up, uh, Pappy John's band. We're also going to be hearing one from Gary Farmer and the Troublemakers in this block but coming at you right now. Turn it up and sing along with Brock Stonefish's Talking Tree from the Turtle Island EP today on Gyno.
spirits rising Long as you keep my leaves green Sitting under
Gainos Waguego, Nagaso Hayatwas. You're listening to Gaino with Brent Maybe on Native Voices One.
took everything I had, took everything, yeah, yeah, strip me, strip me, oh, he stripped me, everything I had on my back. Gary Farmer and the Troublemakers stripped me naked as we wind on that first block of listening today on Guy Note. If you're just now tuning in, I'm joined on the line with Brock Stonefish, an incredibly talented Lenape, Chippewa, Oneida guitar builder, a guitarist, singer-songwriter. In the first block, we got caught up on his musical background, and now we're going to switch gears and talk specifically about the Turtle Island EP. Now, Brock, you've been playing music a long time. Uh, this is uh, your first full solo release, though, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, the first album I, I've been anticipating all my life, and uh, it finally we started recording. I think in 2012 or something like that. Mm. Uh, Gary Gary Farmer called me up one time and says, "I want to do uh, I want to do a, an all star album with uh, you know four or five songs of the different artists that he's had on tour over the years." Mm. And at that time, he'd been touring for already maybe nine or ten years, and uh, so so he brought me up. He flew me from Buffalo over to uh, Denver, Colorado, and I met met up with him. And then we rode in a rode a rode in a vehicle down to uh, Santa Fe, and we recorded for two days. Mm. And uh, we we pulled out uh, four out four. Uh, Four tracks, and uh, we did uh, Talking Tree, Butterfly Song, Turtle Island, and Residential Redemption. Yeah. And that was nine years ago. And uh, and then so over the years, I had we we had some guys in the album, uh, uh, bass player from Denver, Colorado. His name was Vince Bijol, and another drummer from Los Angeles. His name is Logan, and uh, anyway, over the years, I had just a rough cut of, of, of everybody jamming in the background, and I never did release it because I didn't have no solos filled in or nothing like that, sure. so Gary and I got back in touch, and uh, we, we were so, we were touring for a while, and uh, and I got sick. My uh, diabetes got bad, and uh, I got bit by a brown recluse on tour Whoa. with Gary, and to like 2013 or 12, and and it really affected my body, and, and my body just started shutting down because they put me on a drug called vancomycin that that uh, they give to bone cancer patients. So they don't really know the long-term effects of people wow. that survive that have that have been on this strong antibiotic. 
and so it's caused a lot of problems with my with my diabetes and my and my health and and my health has gotten a lot better recently okay. in the last few years so so Gary and I got back together and we we did a show last year after all these years and you know of course my mother died in 2012 and then my father and then my my aunt you know I lost two aunts and an uncle and then my father and my grandmother and my brother you know and, and I I've lost a lot of a lot of really close family members and uh, so I kind of took a break from the music and I just get back and do it again now yeah. and uh so Gary says, "Well, why don't we, you know, why don't we touch up the, the tracks we started and and we'll we'll finish them and whatnot." And and then we got Delbert Anderson involved uh, because the for the track "Residential Redemption" was originally I had like flute on it from an old recording on YouTube, and uh, and so we're trying to find a flute flute player and and we just couldn't really pull it together and, and Gary says, Well I know this this cat, he's a he's a Dene guy down down here in the southwest and he's his name is Albert Anderson. And uh, so it, you know, I started looking him up and he you know, he's a Grammy mentionable. He's mm-hmm. been on you know, they talk about him on Grammy dot com and and he's playing in New York City, he's playing all the jazz clubs and and you know, if you're gonna you're gonna play any jazz clubs in the world, it's gonna be in New York City. <laughs> yeah, no so, doubt. so that's where he is. And of course, I you know I, I played in New York City as well when I was 18 years old back in the early 2000s. Uh, I was uh, played at a place called Jazz on the Park, and I played there twice a week in uh, in Harlem. And uh, but that was many moons ago. But anyhow, uh, back to the album. I, I uh, we got this Albert Anderson involved, and, and I'm listening to some of his stuff, and, and I'm really liking what he's what he's playing, his sound, and and he's got that old sound. It reminded me of being in New York City, you know, staying, you know, just when I would stay at my aunt's house in New York too. Like she used to be a model. And, uh, and so she listened to a lot of jazz and it just had that music playing. And it just, you know, anyway, it just captures that. If you listen to Residential Redemption, eh, when I hear it, like he nailed it, you know, like I, I didn't know what I wanted and, and I wouldn't change a darn thing. And, you know, I wouldn't change a damn thing he did to it. Mm. And, uh, you know, he layered that trumpet on there so nice and, and you know, reminded me of traveling all my my younger years and hearing those horns and you know traveling the trains and the subways and, and you know that that horns you know in certain parts of the song it almost sounds like like a train going by in a car you know in the middle of the night that wakes you up you know what i mean yeah it's a powerful song and when i had gary on the show a few months back uh, we did uh, specifically talk about residential redemption too and he had mentioned you know having uh, tried various instruments uh, flute and uh, of course harmonica and it just didn't fit but i i got to agree 100 percent. delbert's stylings and the way he uh, delivers his notes on the horn really does make a powerful i guess kind of uh in icing on on the the production cake if you will you know yeah 
I, I can see your star continuing to rise. I mean, you, you are so active with a myriad of things. Um, and I really like the way that you give back to the community. Uh, but let's hang on to that thought for a second. And we'll talk about um, the Indigenous Youth Guitar Giveaway Series when we come back. We have a little bit more listening at this time, though, including, I figure, we got to add one from Delbert's latest release, Kindred Spirits, a Navajo South African Story. Uh, released just a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And in addition, we got Pappy John's band with Be There When I Need You. And kicking things off right now is Brock Stonefish with Residential Redemption today on Gyno. <laughs> I can't find a home 
Hi, I'm Ailani, and you're listening to Native Voice One.
Jackie John's band and be there when I need you from having a good time now, volume three to be exact, today on Gyno. Welcome back to the chat. Uh, I'm absolutely loving the conversation that I'm having with my featured guest today, Brock Stonefish. We're discussing his latest release, Turtle Island. It's doing great things currently on the Indigenous Music Countdown, uh, also the Indigiverse as well. And uh, of course, I can't thank you enough for spending a little bit of time with me today. Um, and, you know, just real quick, uh, I typically reserve this portion of the conversation uh, uh, for future plans, but I, I guess it kind of ties in, but I specifically want to talk a little bit more about the way you give back uh, to the youth. And as we've been talking about this entire show, you are an incredibly talented guitar luthier. Um, you're certified. Uh, you already have some pretty high profile names uh, that are uh, looking for custom pieces, but I love what you do with this giveaway series. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about it. Yes, it's called the uh, Indigenous Youth Guitar Giveaway Series. It's I-Y-G-G-S, and uh, you can find it on uh, brockstonefish.com. Uh, so, and uh, what I've been doing is uh, I've been just trying to provide instruments for uh, for kids who have a hard time. And, uh, you know, they just... They, they're from families or might be in a situation that they have no control over where they, they can't have access to an instrument. Or maybe they live up north and, and they have no Internet because, you know, CSIS and the Canadian government shuts down the Internet on uh, Native communities mm -hmm. so that we don't have resources. Right. You know, how they killed off the buffalo, mm -hmm. you know. All that kind of stuff. No, uh, yeah, no. But, no. but you know, we got kids up there uh, trying to uh, apply, and they can't even send me a video, a YouTube video, because it costs them so much money. Mm. And I have, like, some grandparents, and I don't know, I've lost touch with some people from Nunavut, Northwest Territories, um, who inquired about a guitar um, so, so that their grandkid could have one, and... The whole reason behind the Indigenous Youth Guitar Giveaway Series is is to address the suicide rates in the Indigenous communities, and and uh, our youth are the leading uh, uh, victims of suicide mm. um, in uh, North America, and uh, and you know I shared my story earlier in uh, the discussions about how. How I was a suicidal as a youth, uh, based on you know just trying to survive and in yeah. a colonized world when I grew up on the reserve and and it was so devastating to me to try and survive in a in a non-native community that the only thing that that brought me back to life was a guitar and uh, and so I just want to try and return that favor and. Uh, and I've been giving away guitars in communities. Sometimes I'm able to give away a couple guitars a month, but uh, some, so not all of them make it on the internet. I don't, you know, some of the kids don't always want their picture taken and sure. with the guitars, and that's fine. So, so, uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last year and a half, two years now. And uh, if anybody wants to support, you could, you know, reach out, uh, uh, email me. Email me at uh, 
brockstonefish at gmail.com or if you uh, if you have any kids or uh, or any relatives or, or anybody in the community that you, you think might might need an instrument or they're outstanding or even if there's a talented musician and they can't afford the thousand dollar two thousand dollar guitar and they're just getting by with a you know four or five hundred dollar guitar and it, and it's buzzing out and the strings aren't hitting all the notes and and they're just making it work you know but i'm i'm here i can i can make those guitars and if you send in those guitars, those donations to that email, I could take some of these guitars and I can refurbish them into into a professional grade guitar. Yeah. And uh and that's what I'm aiming to do and uh I, yeah. I absolutely love the way that you're giving back and it's clear that this is born out of personal experience and I hope uh, more people catch on to that, you know, and, and follow suit. You know, sometimes I get a little bit jaded with the music industry and when uh, indigenous people become rank and file, I think, within the music industry. But hearing stories like this really continues to give me a lot of hope uh, that we can be, I guess, the engineers of some really positive change within that as well. I can't can't thank you enough for taking some time to talk with me today. I certainly hope, uh, you know, you have another release coming out here in the near future and that you'll join me on Gyno soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm going to keep the releases coming for you. All right on. Thank you. Anishik, miigwech. We are
Gaino is recorded and produced on the Allegheny territory of the Seneca Nation, with support from the Anosa Gwende Cultural Center and Creatives Rebuild New York. For this and past episodes of Gaino, log on to gynomusic.fm or nv1.org. To discover more music from incredible indigenous artists, be sure to check out the Native Artist Directory at nativeartistdirectory.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.